This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. I know, I don't sound like Frank. It's true. He'll be back next week, but for now, it's me. And guess who's in the studio with me? I have a very special guest. Welcome. Got Wayne Gale here from Stoke Seeds. Good morning, Charlie. Thank you for coming all this way. Yeah, it was a pleasant drive-in for a change. True. It wasn't like snowstorming or anything. Sun is shining. Nice and chilly, though. Yeah, minus 10, I think it was. And getting colder. Yes. <laughs> but the wind has died down a bit. Finally, yes. That was killer wind. I hear all these people lost power, and, you know, they've had lots and lots of people without power, I guess, starting yesterday. Yeah, and roofs and trees, trees and, and all sorts of stuff. Oh, I know, damage everywhere. But we won't get into the negative stuff. We're going to talk about gardening and the fact that the days are getting longer. And remember tonight, my least favorite day of the year, this is the 23-hour day, because we lose an hour tonight. Oh, yes, that's right, too. Yeah, so, you know, it's the old... So, I like the... I, my favorite day is where we gain the hour. Like, you know, it's like, we just lost an hour of sleep. Uh, yeah, so we're going to lose that lose an hour tonight, but that's going to mean it's just going to be brighter uh, when we're, you know, later in the day. Um, when we come home. So, at least home. we come home in the in the sunshine, get something done after, after dinner. Exactly. Get growing our seeds, getting ready to get out in the garden, and of course, things are going to start thawing at some point, but for now, it's a cold week coming, and and so great time to be thinking about indoor gardening. If you'd like to call in, of course, we're here to talk about anything to do with gardening. Uh, of course, Wayne being a, an absolute, he's the man. He's third generation seed, grow, seed grower, seed selector. <laughs> but not a great gardener, I have to admit, right up front. No, you're more of a business guy, more of an analyst. Yeah, eh? my wife is the gardener. Oh, perfect. What a great couple, though. Yeah. So she tests it and you analyze what she's tested. I buy it and bring it home. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, But still, you've got the test garden, many big test gardens at Stokes. But. Well, there's that too. We have the uh, research farm and mm-hmm. uh, I used to work on at the farm when I was 12. So I sort of did all my gardening when I was younger. Yeah, that was it. That was it. You I got was your done. hands dirty when you're 12. <laughs> Picking tomatoes and weeding 30 acres, uh, weeding 30 acres of tomatoes. Uh, you know, do that a couple of years and you've pretty By well done hand. your weeding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know I've been to your test garden just outside St. Catharines. It's beautiful. Oh, I it's mean, gorgeous. But, you know, it's just the, the soil is lovely. It's all flat, everything grows so well, and it's you know a great place to test things. And we're going to get into some of those details of how you test and why you test. But the phone numbers, because I know not everybody has put our number into their into their uh, memory speed dial. Local calls four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. But if you're out of the Toronto area, it's one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. And just a quick um, update. Remember that uh, this Monday, the Asian Court Garden Club is hosting a meeting, 8 o'clock, Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at 
Midland Avenue at Shepherd, and of course Wolfgang Bonham is speaking on the Gardens of Thailand. And also coming up on March the 26th, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society, their first meeting of the spring, hosting Nancy Christie. Um, she is going to talk about roses, of course, and they meet at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the Royal Botanical Garden Center, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, in rooms 3 and 4. Remember, everyone is always welcome to any of these meetings. Once you get hooked and you meet some of the fun people, you'll be joining. But in the meantime, you're welcome to just go in as a guest and, of course, free parking and free entrance. So more on that, but we will be right back in a couple of minutes. We're just going to have to take a quick break and then we is here to talk about stoke seeds and up in space with tomatoes. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin and today, special guest Wayne Gale. Thanks again for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. So you're the biggest seed suppliers or sellers, I guess, in all of Canada. Yes, yeah. Well, we sell a lot of commercial growers. So when you go to Sobeys or uh, you know a lot of the grocery stores, mm-hmm. the guy that delivered the uh, cauliflower and tomatoes is uh, the guy buy that buys seed, seed from us. You. So those people, I would say, you know, north of Toronto, Bradford Marsh area, all those onions. When you go yeah, up north yeah. and you smell, smell those onions, <laughs> yep. Well, that about seventy. 70, 75% of the, that is grown from seed out of our warehouse. So, yeah. Oh. So, and of course, and those are big commercial purchasers, but you also supply the hobby gardener. Yeah. And you have a big online business. Mm-hmm. You ship like crazy. All across Canada and most of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always say our smallest order is $3, and our biggest customer is well over half a million dollars. So, wow. we cover the whole gambit. No kidding. You must have a huge accounting department with little people and big people. (laughs) I'm kidding. All right, let's go. We've got some callers on the line. Ellen is called in from Brantford. She's interested in something to do with pruning. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. Um, My question today is pruning my uh, crab apple tree. Mm -hmm. I can see, you know, with its profile now with no leaves, Mm -hmm. there are uh, branches growing into the center that I want to take out, mm-hmm. but I don't know when a good time for that would be. Well, not when it's this cold, but you're right, it's very soon. So okay. you want a clear, sunny day, and you want it to be in the early spring, so it's it could, we just got to get through this cold snap, so I'd say probably maybe even next weekend if it's not raining, because okay. you don't want to prune when it's super cold, you can do damage to the wood when it's frozen. I almost did it last weekend yep. when it was milder, yep. would that have caused damage now with this cold? Nope. No, you want to get onto those fruit trees and crab apples being one of those fruit trees uh, early in the spring when there's no growth on them whatsoever. Uh, You just want a dry day and, and of course, you know, sharp tools. And if there's any, sometimes one of the best things you can do is sterilize your pruning tools between cuts. So that's Mm -hmm. having just a mix of bleach and water on hand and a cloth and wiping the blades of whatever tools you're using in between your cuts, just in case there's any disease issues you certainly don't want to be spreading disease around the tree. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then your dormant spray goes next. Also, nice dry weather, sunny, above zero. Do you put dormant spray on a crab apple? Absolutely. You want to avoid have. pests and diseases. It's your best, most important spray of the entire year. Okay. And, okay, yeah, and yeah, that way you, the leaves will stay on. I mean, I see crab apples in my neighborhood. They, every year they're defoliated, not a leaf on them by August 1st. Oh, 
because disease gets to them every single year. And it's certain, you know, some varieties are more or less resistant to disease than others. And uh, so that's where the dormant spray comes in. It will help you have a much healthier tree. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Hey, my pleasure. Call anytime. Thanks. Thanks for calling. All right. We need some seed questions for Wayne. He's come all this way. And it looks like our next caller would like to talk about seeding the lawn. Uh, Gord's calling in from Orangeville. Good morning, Gord. How are you this morning? Excellent. How are you? Um, With regards to the seed, there's two questions. Number one is I got a lawn that uh, looks like it's getting bare and grass. And I've tried it before, throwing grass seed on it. And I can't seem to get it to catch. Now, I, whether I'm doing it at the wrong time of the year, not fertilizing with it or whatever, but it just seems to never want it. You keep throwing it and throwing it. Finally, sometimes <laughs> it does catch. But should I be top dressing with it or whatever? That's question one. Question two is, at the cottage, uh, I cleared some land, and I want to put some grass seed down, but I have a bed of leaves, you know, old leaves, mm, good, yeah. about uh, two or three inches thick. Mm-hmm. Should I rake them out, then mm-hmm, put mm-hmm. topsoil down and seed, or should I? can I put the topsoil over the leaves? It, it seems spongy, but... No, no, it's great. It's called leaf mulch. It's the best. And that would work be- all right? Oh, absolutely, because it's a nice... I mean, when you... The trick with a reseeding or seeding a lawn is you've got to have what's called good seed soil contact. Okay. So with that leaf mulch example, I would just rake it level and you're right. If you can get a half an inch of topsoil or triple mix on top of that leaf mulch, okay. rake it all as level as you can. Pretend you're feeding the chickens broadcasting the right seed. Right. The right seed meaning for sun shade conditions that you have at the cottage. Okay. And the right seed is there a, uh, it's just called sun and shade, you mean? There, yeah, well there's there's some grass seeds that have been selected for um, full sun, some will tolerate partial sun. Some are selected for what we call high traffic areas where we've got lots of kids running around and action on the lawn. So just, you know, recognize that you is know... A, 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 for Because it's cottage, is there another form of seed that maybe is more conducive to the area, like, uh, uh, you know, a vetch of some sort that would work? Yeah, there's all in. kinds of um, lawn substitutes out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what comes to my mind right now is Wildflower Farm, because uh, Wildflower Farm is Schaumburg area, and they do a fair amount of, you know, grasses that don't require cutting that will give you that lawn alternative. But when you had a look on your face like you were thinking of something. Well, things like clover. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A lot of times if you look, like pay attention to the, what's in the mix, because there'll be annuals, there'll be perennials, there'll be clover. Um, so looking at the balance mm-hmm. of what you want is is also really important. Like grass seed isn't just grass seed. No. Uh, every bag you pick up will be a different mix. Blend, yeah. yes. Yep, yep. And what is it called? Well, who knows? There's different blends out there. It just depends where you're shopping and what you're looking and for. And what do I ask for again? Well, again, it comes down to how much sun, how much shade, what you were looking for. Do you want to mow this lawn, or do you want something that doesn't require... I prefer require... not to, but... Well, you know what? Go If it's sunny, if it's six hours or more of sun a day, go mm-hmm. with um, clover. 
I'm a big fan of clover. Clover. Yeah, you never need to water it. It's so supportive of the pollinators because when it's blooming, all the it's just it's alive with activity. Uh, It's it's a legume. You know, it fixes nitrogen from the atmosphere into the soil. It's so low maintenance. It's the best. And for for a cottage, it's great. Now, in your front lawn, everybody considers clover a weed. I know. I don't. In the cottage, yeah, yeah, you mow it once a year, right? Mm -hmm. You mow it once a year at the end of the year. Okay. Any flower on it? Yeah. That's what I would do. I would just okay. go with something simple. Um, but, yeah, that's... And, and for the lawn, are you, say, just a, a... All right. Now, going back to your lawn in the city, again, think about you cannot just... Well, you haven't had good experience just tossing grass seed out there. So, yes, top dress. Get some a hold of good quality topsoil or a lawn. There's There's a lot of bags out there now which are soils for lawns so get a hold of one of some of those bags again raking it all out there's great instructions on the bags about mm-hmm. raking level broadcasting the seed raking again and making sure that you do it just before a rain event so you don't have to sprinkle but of course seed must be kept moist until it grows which is a minimum of two weeks so you might have to sprinkle oh. every day depending oh, on the weather but it's always nice to do your seeding of, with lawn seed, either spring or fall, when we're likely to have rain. Do we do we fertilize as well? Not at that time, nope. No. Nope. But nope. when would I fertilize that lawn? Oh, probably by, depending on when you grow or you plant it, at least eight weeks after you've planted it. Now, now you're supposed to seed when the, there's a little warmth in the ground? Well, the seed will not go anywhere. Um, it will just wait until the conditions are right. So you're fine to go ahead and do your seeding anytime, as long as it's not a steep slope. You could be seeding today. All right. Thanks so much, Gord. Oof, he had a lot of questions. See, if Frank had been here, Frank calls himself Patrolman Proctor because we do have a mantra, and it's one question per caller, but call early and call often, so call more than once. But, yeah, Gord was pretty sneaky. All right, we do have to go for a quick break, and we'll be right back. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, remember, I've got Wayne Gale right here in the studio. He doesn't come often. So if you've got any special questions about stoke seeds and what they, what they do and specialty seeds, he's going to give us some little inside tips right now. But now's your chance to give a call. Local number one, four, sorry, local number is 416-360-0740. Long distance is one 740 4740. Now, Wayne, I mentioned to you that I know after doing this show for almost nine years that a lot of our callers are gardening on balconies. They're in condos, they're in apartments, they are, you know, rooftops. So above ground gardening, so container gardening, any sort of suggestions of seeds that would, would handle the conditions that, you know, the heat, the wind perhaps, even a lot of sun, uh, edible preferably uh, kind of no-brainer, easy-to-grow seed suggestions? Well, the first thing I always do is look at my uh, return on investment. So mm. I always like to say, I mean, I only got <laughs> so many square ner- foot. Yeah, that's my, guy yeah, you. That's my, my <laughs> financial side. So, I mean, even in a big garden, I don't grow mm. corn because it's just yeah. so big. Takes up too so much when you're in a patio uh, and you want a container gardening, then it's even more critical mm-hmm. that you've got so much little space. So 
tomatoes always the first thing you go to. Mm-hmm. They're expensive in the, to buy and they're mm-hmm. cheap to produce. Uh, the smaller uh, sort of uh, candy type uh, t- uh, tomato, uh, the smaller ones are always good. They're good for snacks. They're good mm-hmm. for uh, you, you can cut them in half and, mm-hmm. and put them on a plate mm-hmm. uh, to cook or, or to bake. But so you can just pop them in your mouth. You can just pop them in your mouth. So they're very versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, herbs is another thing, yeah. of course. The, the, yeah, because they're so tolerant of extreme and conditions. And you can pick them as you want. If you yeah. go to the grocery store yeah. And you buy three dollars worth of herbs, that. and then you throw three quarters of it out. Exactly, because... I needed one tablespoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're right. So basil, parsley, chives, so many of these things. Nasturtiums. Yes, I well, love that's... nasturtiums yeah. in a container. I do too, and they're very edible. Um, Every part of them. Yep. And the other thing is, is about watering. Mm-hmm. Watering is the number one enemy to uh, container gardening because yeah. you have to keep it moist. Yeah. And the herbs are easy because they don't. I mean, they they're leafy, so they do require moisture, but they're not real big drinkers. Yeah, yeah. Tomatoes on the other hand, yeah. they are a bit heavier, so you can't let them dry out too much because right. once you lose them, all you have to do is forget about them for two weeks after, <laughs> you know, two months of investment, and they're gone. They're gone. Uh, oh, they, so, they'll just so, yeah. be toast. And, um, yeah, so, but what do you, like you said, you go away to Newfoundland for a couple weeks every summer. How does your garden cope when you're away? Well, actually, uh, my wife, the gardener, she uh, found some of these. Uh, we sell a, a, a sort of a terracotta tip that oh, goes on the end of a used bottle. Uh, pop uh, bottle. I've seen and them. she had great success with them. Now, I know I, we list all this stuff, and they've stopped inviting me to the accessory catalogs because <laughs> I always pick the ones that don't sell and <laughs> nix the ones that do. And I thought this was a dumb idea. Yeah. And then uh, then my wife used it. She has it in all our containers. containers. And it'll last a about a week. Yeah, slowly um, percolates. It slowly percolates so through. Upside down water bottle is into that terracotta point that's under the ground. Exactly. And it's yeah. porous yeah. and the soil will actually suck mm-hmm. the, uh, mm-hmm. the the moisture out of the terracotta because yeah. the soil is yeah. more dry. Yeah. Uh, we also have a gel uh, like uh, oh, that yeah. you can you can get. I remember very quick story. We, we listed it and Oprah Winfrey mentioned it on her program. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, was right. Yeah. We sold about six skids of this stuff. Good <laughs> thing you had weeks. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a gel, goes into a tube, and again, uh, it's the soil will suck the moisture mm-hmm. out of the gel, and then you re- rehydrate it when you come back. And that'll last about two weeks, two to three weeks, oh, uh, yeah. on a small, especially indoor, like uh, your right. indoor potted pants and stuff like that. Yeah, because so. so many people do go in the winter, and they'll call and say, what should I do, what should I do? So there's lots of those products. And then we also have a, a trickle irrigation system, which is a little bit more sophisticated. Oh, for the container gardener. For the containers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a spaghetti line thing. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the trick I use when I go to Newfoundland, actually, is is I pull all the pots together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I put my uh, sprinkler in the middle of it and put a timer on it. So oh, every morning it just weeps over for... top of the containers. But a little obvious that you're away when all your containers yes. are together. And in it's the middle pouring of the rain and the sprinkler's on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's, those are good tips, though, which, of course, uh, segues to the fact that not only are you an online uh, supplier of seeds, but you also have a retail store. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's only in St. Catharines or actually Thorold, Ontario. Well, fortunately for the people who live in that yes, area. Yes, a lot of people uh, don't realize they're quite lucky because we list over 2,000 different varieties. So, wow. uh, you know, you go in into the your, store. In the store and our main warehouse is there. We have yeah. 75,000 square feet of warehouse. Uh, at any given time, we've got between four and six million dollars worth of seed back there. <laughs> <laughs> so I could go in there with a shop shopping list and somebody's going to go out to the warehouse and find 
all these little packages for me. Exactly. Uh, hmm. You can also, uh, if you're in the area or you're local, you can always uh, fax it in phone or, or it, e- yeah. phone it in and yeah. come and pick it up. We have growers that come in yeah. from Toronto. Yeah. Uh, they'll pick up their cauliflower seed. They got a seed like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So they'll send one of their helpers down and the order will be sitting there and waiting. They could pick up. I had one guy, uh, he was working for one of the tomato uh, processors out in the uh, in the Chatham area. He picked up $300,000 worth of tomato seed. Wow. Had a brand That's a new, lot of seed. Uh, well, no, actually it's about oh. a suitcase full of seed. Really? Yeah. And uh, he had a brand new pickup truck. And I said, you be careful. And I said, and if it comes down to a choice between the pickup truck and the seed, get the seed. You know what's more important. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Okay. Well, speaking of seeds, uh, we did have, but we lost. We had somebody wanted to ask a question about lily seeds, but here we are. Oh, still there? No, not there. Uh, Okay. Let's, Mary is on the line calling from Low Banks Lake Erie. I'm not sure where Low Banks is. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. I'm sorry I don't have a seed question for you. No worries. But I'm calling from the middle of nowhere called Lowbank. Yeah. On Lake Erie. And I have a question about uh, the Canadian tulips for the 150th mm-hmm. uh, celebration. So I bought them in the fall and I didn't get them in the ground. But I'd like to see them come up this spring. Is there anything I can do or when can I get them in the ground? So where are they now? Still in the box. And where's the box? In my closet. Oh dear. All right. When was the last time you opened the box and looked at the bulbs? I would say two or three months ago. All right. So, you know, if you want to just, when you get off the line with, from us, go to the box Mm -hmm. and open the box and see what's going on. The tulips may have shriveled up and may just be uh, dust by now. Mm -hmm. They've just dried up. If they haven't, uh-huh. if there's still some, some heft, some meat in those bulbs, right. your job is to uh, get a big pot, get some potting soil, moisten the soil, get those tulip bulbs under the soil in a pot, just under the soil, okay. uh, pointy end up. Um, so you want to really jam the pot fill, full with those bulbs. Okay. Preferably, they shouldn't be touching each other, but at this point, don't worry about it. You just want to jam the pot full, pointy end up, but just under the surface, water thoroughly, uh, put a dark green garbage bag around the pot or pots, as the case may be. And then if you've got room in the fridge, put those pots in the fridge. If you don't have room in the fridge, put them outside in the garage or out in a shed. Uh, Put a little mark on the calendar that eight weeks from today, you're going to... Somewhere where it, it might freeze... You don't want them to freeze. You want yeah. them to be chilled to refrigerator temperature, but not below zero. Okay. But you know what? Your timing is good. If if you have a shed or a garage, yeah. I mean, I know it's cool these next few days, yeah. but you're likely to be able to keep them, you know, cool, chilled gotcha. without freezing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are going to have to wait a good eight weeks before you pull them out of that cold storage, and then they're gonna you're gonna sit them out on the patio because eight weeks from now we're into yep. May, and hopefully everything's great. They'll come up perfectly. They'll be behind all the other tulips because all the other tulips got their chilling period outside this past winter. Mm -hmm. But they will not flower until they've been chilled. Gotcha. Okay. So see if you can see if you can rescue them. Go run right now. I am. I am. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for your show. Thanks for calling. Oh, that's sad because those are those are going to be nice tulips. Yeah, you know it's it's funny. A lot of seeds require that trick. Do you have to? uh, We have a lot of different types of uh, Mm -hmm. annuals and perennials, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. We have a lab, Mm -hmm. and uh, because we do a quality control test every year to make sure that the seed is still germinating, and it's really funny. Some of the instructions you have to go. Some some seeds you have to 
nick with a knife or sandpaper or sandpaper. Yeah. Uh, others you have that's to called put in scarification. The, yes, okay. uh, and some some uh, some of them you have to put in a fridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we or vice versa or uh, even a freezer or a freezer. Yeah. Uh, we have we sell mimosa plants, which yeah. is not the drink. No, uh, no, it, it's, it, the, um, it's the the sensitive plants. Sensitive plants. And they're exactly. great. When I was a kid, I used to play with them all the time. Oh, absolutely, we all and, love those. And I found that we were getting complaints and and poor germination. I, I did some research on the on the computer, and I found out that you have to put them in not boiling water but hot water. Apparently, seeds that have a high oil content, mm-hmm. uh, you need to sort of wake them up or or free the oil yeah, exactly. in order for them to germinate. So there are a few uh, a few seeds that like that. Actually, the the carrot seed uh, we were talking about off offline. Uh, there's an old uh, sort of uh, uh, home remedy. You're supposed mm-hmm. to put it in. Like warm tea when you when you plant it. Really? Um, so uh, so yeah, because yeah. carrots are always a bit tricky. Yeah, you put them out there and you wait and you wait and you wait and you think, oh, are they going to grow or do I have to reseed? Yeah, they're the, they <clears throat> they typically like the the warmer soil. Unlike mm-hmm. say beans. I mean beans we could probably plant, plant today. You Except know, or our maybe ground might be frozen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah if but, your but ground is workable, I know people that were doing. We're out in the garden two weeks ago and yeah. it was so mild. Yeah. Um, but you're right. They and they're happy with the cool soil. Oh, they'll Same, take snow. Yeah, cauliflower broccoli, cabbages, kales, they'll all handle the cold soil. And that's just something that you learn through experience, right? Mm -hmm. That peppers, tomatoes, eggplants, no way. We right. need nice warm soil for They're that. They're more from the tropics yeah. uh, that we've domesticated here. Yeah. And even putting a small uh, hoop house of plastic over them mm-hmm. will create some nice warmth, uh, thaw the so- soil out, and Faster. You, can, you can get a jump. Uh, you could, yeah. you know, in another, maybe next week, if this breaks, you could probably start some yeah, of those yeah. products. That's right, if you can just get that warmth into the soil. That's so, right. yeah, depending on the amount of sun that's hitting your, your land. Oh, that's very cool. Alright, let's see if we have time to take one more call before we do have to take another break, Sherry's on the line calling from Dundas. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's going on? My garlic is all up. Is it going to be okay? How up is it? Oh, there's a lot of green showing. Like a couple inches? Oh, more than that. Oh, wow. Uh, do you have access to any leaves or straw or... Shredded newspaper. Hmm. Uh, shredded newspaper. Yeah, sure. you can always shred newspaper, but it could blow away. See, the trick is your garlic is probably going to be okay, but it is pretty cold, and the next few days are certainly cold. Uh, the green tips that have come up, if they're not protected, might get frosted off. So the okay. tips will turn black. It doesn't mean that that will kill the bulb. They Once okay. the weather gets good, they will continue to grow. But if there's any way you could sort of put some loose insulation, like leaves or straw or something, around the green that has come up just for the next week or so, uh, you would find that that would uh, lessen any damage. Okay, I'm sure they'd have something at the garden center. They might, yeah, they might, yeah. Even soil, you know, but the problem is most soil is frozen. So you, what you do is you go to the garden center, you buy topsoil, you bring it in your house, you thaw it, and then you go out with it thawed, and you just sprinkle it around the plants on the surface, and then you'll move that away once spring really hits. Okay. Okay. And can you uh, give me a name of a nice perennial shrub that the deer don't like? Oh, a perennial. Well, is it sun or shade you're looking for? Shade. Oh, you know what's a good one? What? Do you have a pen, pencil? Sure. Okay. Deer do not eat, and it grows in the shade, and it's one of my all-time favorite perennials, hellebores. So H-E-L-L-E-B mm-hmm. as in Bob, 
O R U S. O R U S. Yep, Helleborus. Okay. Okay, and I'm and Wayne, who's already confessed that he's not a gardener, <laughs> he's strictly a business guy, doesn't know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to help show him, like I always show Frank, because Frank doesn't know much about gardening either. There, there's some pictures of Helleborus. Oh, yeah, you'll recognize it. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it. It's a great uh, deer won't touch it. It is an evergreen, loves the shade, uh, protect from sun in the spring, very early bloomer in the spring. What I do with my hellebores is I, I chop my Christmas tree up after Christmas, take all the branches off, and then I lay the branches over the hellebores so that when the sun starts beating down in the spring, they don't, they don't get all toasted in, the, in that early sun that comes through my maple trees that aren't yet in leaf, right? So it's working with that sun in the spring that becomes shade later in the summer. So good question. Thank you for that. We need to go for a break. Sebastian's given me the evil eye. We will be right back. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hello, Charlie Dobbin and Wayne Gale. We will, let's go to one of our callers because we have Nancy on the line calling in from Stratford. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? Excellent. Um, I just wanted to know, I'm not sure um, if, you know, if your um, visitor will appreciate this call or not. I'm really wondering about non-GMO seeds and are they available for like John Q. Public to purchase? Oh, great question. Especially well, for vegetables. Well, actually, and, and I'll just speak to vegetables because I, I know vegetables. Um, actually, John Q. Public cannot buy GMO vegetable right. seed. It uh, doesn't it, exist. It, well, it, the, only, the only vegetable seed in Canada that is genetically modified, there are about uh, maybe 12 varieties of sweet corn mm-hmm. that have uh, been genetically modified. And that is, Roundup ready. Yeah, they're either uh, Roundup ready or they're uh, insect resistant. Right. Not so much Roundup ready. It means that it won't die if you spray it with a herbicide. But mm-hmm. they also have some that are just naturally, like BT, yeah. Yeah. which is yeah. a, an organic uh, chemical, yeah. but it, 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 they exude Bacteria. BT. But anyways, yeah. uh, a lot of people don't realize that any of the vegetables that uh, you buy in Canada, any of the vegetable seed, right. uh, not the vegetables, but yeah. any of the vegetable seed that you buy in Canada is non-GMO. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it, uh, it just does not exist. Right. It's not legal. Uh, the, the only one is the sweet corn, mm-hmm. like I said, uh, and there's only about a handful of varieties that are genetically modified. So uh, but, most of the but sweet But just corn, for the commercial grower. Just for the commercial right. grower. Okay. Uh, it, so not in the catalog. No, no. no there's no uh, genetically modified vegetables in our catalog and, or our website. Or and, any catalog, any vegetable yeah, seed website. Yeah, and I've, uh, when I get asked that question sometimes by my students, I always explain that people have to realize genetically modified organisms take a ton, millions and billions of dollars to create. Yes. So there's, uh, it's years and years of research and development. And for a carrot, nobody's going to do it. Like, it just doesn't make sense unless there's some reason, some economic reason to genetically modify something. It's just not going to happen. Well, our small market, Canada is considered a small mm-hmm. market. And actually, you know, for, for in some ways it works to our advantage. It, it is just not financially viable mm-hmm. to uh, get a genetically modified uh, vegetable approved in Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, 
Um, there are genetically modified summer squash in the United States. Mm-hmm. They're not available in Canada. You can't buy them in Canada. So summer squash being zucchini for, as an yeah, example. Yeah, like the uh, – yeah. <clears throat> and, and, but we can eat them. Right. So the company that, brought, that bred them – Got permission for Canadians to eat them, but so they not to grow them. Into yeah, Canada. so in case they end up in a frozen oh, uh, mix, right. that right, isn't right, illegal. Right. But it was not economically viable for them to get the permission to, to grow. grow it in Canada. Huh. So it, it's it's on par to a pharmaceutical uh, yeah, license. Yeah. That's right. the, that's the uh, yeah. effort that goes into it. Big hoops to jump through for sure. So you're uh, safe. Yeah. So thanks for your call, Nancy. But thank you for a, yes, thank you for your call. Good question. We were expecting that one, and we uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. No, and it's. A, it is a good question because I know we hear terms not, and a lot of times there's not good understanding of what they mean. All right. We've got Sylvia on the line calling from Elmville. Good morning. Hello. Morning. Yes, you're on the line, hi. on the air. Um, hi. I just want to question about anthuriums. Anthurium, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just starting to bloom, but it's been root-bound for quite a while. Like it really needs to be uh, repl- um, mm-hmm. planted. Yeah. And I was wondering if when... When I can replant it, it's starting, just starting to, it has one flower on it, and it's coming up with a second, but it's really root-bound. Okay, no, it's a good time. Pardon me? This is a very good time to be repotting or transplanting any of our houseplants. Even if, even if it's blooming? Uh, even if it's blooming. It's not optimal when it's blooming, but I wouldn't worry about it too much. What I would do is just get a bigger pot, get some fresh potting soil, make sure that it's well moistened, and then, you know, make it, a, get all your tools organized, you know, your newspaper spread out. Right. Don't, you know, and then make it happen fairly quickly. So out of one pot, loosen the roots if they're all spiraled around because plants sometimes will commit suicide with their roots if they're in a tight spiral. Mm-hmm. So loosen those up into the bigger pot with the fresh soil and a thorough watering, then back where you had it okay. so that it's obviously happy where you've got it, so right. back in that location. And I think you'll find it will just perk right up. It'll be so happy. Oh, you'll great. have more okay. blooms. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Um, yeah, this is the time. All of our plants are responding to the longer days. You know, Charlie, you brought up a, a good point in that call, and that is to take the roots and, and break them out. A lot of people, when they buy their plants at the garden center, they typically take them out of those little plastic sleeves and they drop them in. And that's the, the, the worst thing you can do because those, they do spiral mm-hmm. in those plastics and they, and they will continue to yeah, spiral. They don't un-spiral. So that was one trick my dad always taught me is when you buy those uh, plants at the greenhouse, uh, take your hands and, and be yeah. a little rough with the yeah, roots. Break yeah, them out. Yeah. Make, them, make them point in different directions and it's you get right. a much healthier plant, a much bigger plant. And and that's so true in my experience, and it's so kind of common sense too, because we, we're growing the plant typically not for the roots. We're growing it for the flowers or the fruit or some aspect above ground. And you're not going to get above ground growth without below ground growth, because that all balances out. So without a good healthy root system, you don't have a good healthy plant above ground. So I agree with you. All right, somebody's on the call. Joan in North York would like to talk about raspberries. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. Last year was such a dry year. I mm-hmm. didn't, I should have, but I didn't uh, water my raspberries that much. And mm-hmm. um, so I didn't get a lot of fruit, of course. Mm-hmm. And I should have cut them back in the fall, but I didn't. Um, I'm just wondering, when's a good time to cut them back 
It's really spindly right now. Yeah. I, I probably wait till it's a little uh, easier to get outside because it's still a bit cold. But again, that's an early spring chore. So it's just a matter of uh, that it's a fine line between it being super soggy because we never want to be walking in our gardens when it's, you know, we're going to be damaging the structure of the soil if it's too wet. But um, so, I mean, theoretically, you could even go out when it's this cold. Um, but if they suffered that much from drought, I'd be probably a little hesitant to do anything too radical to them when it's this cold. I'd probably wait another couple of weeks. Okay, do the cutting back and then think about top dressing them. Think about some good compost or composted manure. Get some good organic material out there. Help to maintain some moisture in the soil and get some good uh, nutrition back in around them. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Okay. I really missed the raspberries last oh, yeah. I'm going to water them this year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we won't have such a droughty summer. Who knows, right? I hope not. <laughs> okay, well, Thanks, thank you Joan. For your call. And thank you for taking my question. Our pleasure. Thanks for calling. All right, look, this is the one for you. Marsha's on the line from Kleinberg, and she wants to know something about seeds. Good morning. Oh, good morning. <clears throat> Um, I'm calling because I live on conservation land, and um, I'm trying to introduce more native plants into the forest floor. Mm -hmm. And they're quite expensive to buy as potted plants, Um, and I was particularly looking for wood poppy seeds that I might be able to broadcast. Okay. And so I wondered if Stokes carry them or carry them in any quantity, uh, could produce them, or other um, native plants that could be broadcast on a forest floor. Do you have another name for wood poppy? Here, I'm just Yes, it's oh, uh, sty- Styloforum defilum. Uh. Yeah, getting, getting the proper uh, plants in, in, in the proper environment is, is always tricky because uh, every region is different. And when you deal with wildflowers, uh, I know a lot of we, we do sell wildflower mix, which is not what you're what you're asking no. for. But I know a lot of people um, can be disappointed with wildflower mixes <coughs> because uh, one one species uh, typically overtakes the whole plot uh, mm. because it's more aggressive <coughs> than the other ones. Right. So selection of the proper uh, material is 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 important. So uh, so yeah, it, it's nice that you've done the research to find you know what is supposed to be natural to that environment. Um, but did we find any? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. We don't. Yeah, list it you under don't. That name. Yeah, you don't break out uh, into native, do you? Mm-hmm. I'm just looking here in the flower seed index in my Stokes catalog. Well, also native. That catalog yeah. goes across all North America. So yeah, but that's how native is defined. Actually, it, it's, it's interesting. Native is, I think, defined. Native plants are defined as plants that grew here on this continent prior to the Europeans' arrival. Well, it could also be regional. I mean, what's yeah, native absolutely. here is different than, it could be a weed in, in Florida. Or, or it could be something that grows in B.C. but would never grow here. So, But it's, it's still native to North America. Okay. So I, that, you're right. Native is always one of those kind of funny terms. We're, native. Sometimes people think that we mean Toronto when we're talking native. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty specific. Um, yeah, so you don't break out native in your catalog at all. And I'm noticing the, the wood poppy, when I flip to a website here, um, Marcia, it is an endangered plant. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's mm. uh, now I have Lorraine Johnson's um, book on 
natives, yep. Uh, 100 easy-to-grow native plants, okay. and that is in there. Okay. Um, and the seeds are supposed to take readily, and so that's why I was particularly looking for the wood poppy, because it's endangered, because it seems to be, you know, from what the experts say, easy to grow. And the other thing is that... Um, you know, the garlic mustard just takes oh, over everything. I know. Hey, so here's some good news for you. Guess who's here at the sh- here on the show with me next Saturday? Mm-hmm. Lorraine Johnson. Oh, wonderful. So you call next week, or I'll make this little note, Wood Poppy, and we'll get Lorraine to answer that question next week when she's here, because she might know a source of Wood Poppy seeds. Oh, okay, that would be great. All right. Thanks okay. for your call. Thanks so much. We have to take our final break, but we'll be right back. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Uh, Wayne and I are just laughing about kids, children in the garden and what they do when when they're little. I mean, we both have grown up kids that aren't in our gardens any longer, but are in their own gardens, I imagine. Your children, my kids, my, my daughter particularly, gardens on a balcony in Toronto. So speaking of kids, tomato seeds are sent off to space, up to the space station, I guess up in the shuttle, whatever it's called there. Uh, but they're Stokes seeds. How many seeds go up to space? Well, actually, they're, they're, they're provided by Heinz Seed Company. Oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's an exciting program, especially, you know, these seeds will sit in my office. I get to touch them. I've actually spoken to an astronaut while he was on the space station on really? a conference call. So, yeah, it's, it's a project that's near and dear to my heart and, and to Stokes. So uh, Canadian Space Agency started it, and it's called Tomatosphere, uh, tomatosphere.org. It's a school program mm-hmm. where we send, uh, uh, between NASA and Canadian Space Agency, they send up tomato seeds to spend a certain amount of time on the space station. Right, so zero gravity. And temperatures Te- and stuff like yeah, that. Strange so, temperatures, yeah, strange And so then they come back down. Some of them have been up there uh, in past programs. They've been up there as much as three months. Mm. Uh, typically right now they're up there for about three to four weeks. In fact, there are 1.2 million seeds up on the space station going over our heads right now. Uh, really? Uh, and uh, floating around up there. So they'll come back in, I think, April, and we'll package them up. We package up uh, about 20,000 uh, packets of seed, 30 seeds each packet. We also have uh, a control group. So we have another uh, 30 seeds uh, per packet. We have another 1.2 million seeds that stayed here on the ground. So what we do is we, we package them up, and they've got two letters. This year it's G and H. And so it's a blind test, double blind. The teacher doesn't know which ones went to space, and the kids don't know which ones went to space. So control and... Yes. And space experience. So what they do is they grow them in the classroom and they mm-hmm. observe them, do germination counts, uh, write stories, learn about space, learn about uh, growing your own food, hmm. learning about nutrition. So it taps into a lot of the different curriculum. And then they report back to a website how, what the germination was. So right. the, the test, the experiment is to take them to germination, to right. where they sprout. Yeah. A lot of the schools will keep them, send the plants home over the summer, etc. 
and they report it in, and then eventually they find out which ones were the uh, space tomatoes and which ones were not the space tomatoes. Excellent. Great program. And you're big supporters of that, obviously. Yes, we do all the packaging. And then in uh, in Canada, Let's Talk Science out of London uh, sponsors the program for the Canadian uh, side. They're the ones that promote the program and write a lot of the uh, material for the teachers. Neat. Oh, gosh. So you know what? we got to get Wayne back. We're out of time. Oh, no. Show's over. Thank you so, so much. You've just been a great guest. And I, like I said, you got to come back again because you've got some great stuff on the go. I will. We didn't talk about half the stuff we wanted to do. I know. Thanks, everybody. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.